everyone, and welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 16. This is John, and I'm joined by our co-host, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games that we've recently purchased, games that we're currently playing, and as always, our patented Inflation Deflation Challenge. But not this week. This week's special. Instead of playing one of John's games and seeing if it's currently worth its listing price online for all you collectors... This week we're talking about the best and worst of the year because it's almost 2019. That's right, Ryan. So i um, definitely excited to see uh, what we have in store for everybody uh, listening in. Our 18 subscribers now, I think uh, we beat our estimation of 13 last week. Am I correct? Yeah! Woo-hoo! So um, yeah, let's go ahead and start up with our recent pickups. Obviously Christmas just passed. Uh, I think we're recording now on the 26th of December, so day after Christmas. Um, I personally did not get any video games for Christmas. Very shocking. Yeah, I didn't either. This year was a little bit of an off year. And uh, now that I am assured I'm not getting Smash Bros from anyone, I will be purchasing it. Sounds good, man. Uh, So I personally, the only game that I had as a pickup wasn't a video game. It's actually Photosynthesis. It's a board game. And remember, with the Game Deflators, we are open to other types of games. It doesn't have to necessarily be video games. So we're board curious. Maybe so. Maybe you more than me. So, uh, Photosynthesis, for anybody that has never heard of this, it's basically a strategy game. Uh, You plant seeds and you grow trees and they revolve around. There's literally like a little sun that goes around the board game. And uh, you pretty much have to grow your trees and you get points for certain trees that are grown and certain height and everything else. Two to four players. Um, Looks super cool. It's definitely a very colorful game. It has some pretty good ratings. I think Board Game Geek has it like a 7.3 out of 10, which is not bad at all. And it's won a couple awards in the past year. So definitely stoked to give it a shot. So uh, if you haven't seen it before, check out Photosynthesis. And uh, Ryan, I know, as you just said, you don't have anybody giving you Smash Bros. So it sounds like you're going to be purchasing Smash Bros. I'm actually pretty excited about that game. But why are you excited about that game? Okay, so... I'm super pumped about Smash Bros. because I totally skipped Smash 4 for Wii U. I had, <gasps> I know, I I, had, I got it on the DS because I didn't have a Wii U because I never, I never thought I would get a Wii U. And by the time I was ready, it was like, well, it's Switch o'clock now. Well, we can play it right now, and we played it during my bachelor party, so that was... Oh, no, that's true. I guess I did play it there. I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited because... Uh, I mean, everybody says it's really good. I've watched a little bit of playthrough of the World of Light, and that looks pretty fun. Um, I heard some people kind of ragging on it, but from when I saw it, it looks interesting. I really like the ideas behind the fights. Have you seen those? No. So you'll be going through this board, and then you encounter all these different combats, but they're not just regular, like, oh, you got to fight Dr. Mario again. It's like this Dr. Mario is actually Dr. Light. Or you got to fight Bomberman and you're fighting Toon Link and the Bomberman assist trophy is flying all over the stage. And the only items on the stage are the bombs, bomb chews, uh, the Bomberman bombs that he throws and like the fake smash balls. Like it's just all giant explosions and you got to try to beat it. 
So question, is there a proctologist Mario and is there a blue master glove that comes out as an assist trophy? You have not seen that yet, but you know, it's his playthrough, not mine. With uh <laughs> yeah, that's true. And with Nintendo's history, we might have it as an unlockable character. We'll see. Yeah. The uh the other thing though, so I have played a little bit. I got a little I got my beak just a little wet a few weeks ago playing with uh some friends of mine, and I had a really, really tough time playing it. Like I really felt like I was lagging my inputs. I really felt like there were things going on, and I never really felt like I had full control over my character. Now, they all grabbed the control, and I had each one of them mess with it, and they all said it felt fine, but I was having a really hard time, and I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. Check out the Dad and Sons podcast. They're really great. And Liam was talking about it because they've been playing it a lot, and... He said that there are some differences, and one of those differences, there is multiplayer co-op lag, as well as sometimes single-player lag. And I have that, you know, man, a Dr. Mario um, diagnosis might be uh, get good. Well, no, they were saying that it's actually the Dark Souls of Smash. Like, you have that mud, like, they've taken it, they've broken down, not them, but other people have broken down the mechanics of it, and done all the frames and the input times and there is some mud in between there like you lock into doing something before you do it and also they turned off the ability to turn around midair so if you're flying through the air and you get smashed off stage and your recovery move arcs you if it arcs you in the direction your character is facing there's no correcting that you cannot turn around and correct that as well as if you're falling down towards somebody and you land to attack if you land and hit attack before you hit turn you're going to attack and then turn and punch away from them giving them time to hit you and it's just something that like I heard them saying it and if they weren't saying it I wouldn't even be thinking it was a thing I thought it was just me not having played smash in a long time but they really changed some mechanics, but nobody seems to be talking about that that I've seen besides them. And the accolades are just so great anyways. I guess maybe it just doesn't matter. Well, if they decide to nerf K. Rule a little bit, uh, considering from what I've heard, he's ridiculously powerful in the game, which is kind of nice in a sense uh, as a K. Rule fan. They might. I mean, you never know, man. It can come through as a patch, and they might correct some issues that they're having at the game. I mean, there's always Well, did testing. they ever take tripping out? Well, yeah, you're right. This is Nintendo we're talking about here. I don't know, man. We'll but you know what? It's not Bethesda. No. It could be worse. We could have, like, a really bad Super Smash Bros. nylon bag. and with We game, could still be waiting four to six months for it, too. That is true. So, yeah, Who's Smash. your favorite Smash character, though? Oh, well, I mean, you saw who I played. I played, you played a different person every round. Oh, yeah, because I wanted to showcase that I could beat you if anybody. Um, I play primarily, at least in the Wii U version, I play Pac-Man. Um, in Melee and, I guess, in Brawl, I play Jigglypuff. And I'll play Jigglypuff in, you know. That's so crazy, man. Like It's crazy. I'm, I'm a Game & Watch main, and then I like... Uh... I like some Yoshi. Oh, that's disappointing. 
and some uh, Zero Suit Samus. That's also disappointing. I just I I like Yoshi and Game and Watch because they're so floaty. Like Game and Watch, I feel like I can live forever because I could just parachute back in. Well, dude, that's Jigglypuff. And he's I got the fly. Link Down Stab. The Link Down Stab is like the best move. But you got rest with Jigglypuff, and you can float and you can spin. There's like tons of crazy stuff with Jigglypuff that you can do. Um, Pac-Man. I just absolutely love throwing fire hydrants at people. I don't even care if I win. It's just the sheer madness of fire hydrants. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, um, I understand that you're still in Red Dead. We won't go too far into that. Obviously, you're still playing it. You're enjoying the multiplayer. Lots of fun if you're even playing it right now or you're enjoying as much as Pokemon right now. So, God damn you. I, on the other hand, <laughs> have been playing, uh, and this was a complete shock to myself and anybody that listened last week, I had zero intention on playing this game until I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me just play it. Final Fantasy 15. Um, so I had the Royal Edition. I picked it up a while back. And uh, honestly, I just like you, because you were telling me yesterday, actually, you bought a PS4 purely for Final Fantasy 15. I bought a PS4 purely for Final Fantasy 15. Here we are two years later after I bought a PS4 Pro, and I have yet to play Final Fantasy 15 until today. Luckily, I have about 10 days off from work, and I'm probably 24 hours into Final Fantasy. I would say 50% of that is side quests, um, because just the amount of side quests that are in that game right now, it is crazy. Um, I didn't realize, like at first, it was kind of a love-hate relationship with this title, and uh, I was like, man, I don't really like this open-world environment that they've stuck me in. It feels like Fallout meets Final Fantasy with all the side quests and this open-world kind of you know what they've given me pretty much just all open world and uh, it wasn't as linear and what's interestingly interestingly enough is final hallway 13 final hallway 13 so you know but the thing is though i kind of like that linear aspect of a final fantasy 10 or final fantasy 13 in that it's just more of hey you got a story and you're going through it and you're going to push through and you're going to level grind in certain areas and you're going to kind of keep on going or in final Fantasy 15 terms uh keep on going on i think is what they say keep on trucking no it's something else there's a lot of rednecks in final fantasy 15 well i mean one of the things about that it just kind of shows how the whole industry is just going for this open world thing that they're going for or everybody else is trying to go for the live experience you know the lifestyle game where it's like i'm gonna come home every day and play some monster hunter world but that only lasts for so long and after a while you're just kind of like i'm kind of done hunting monsters all the time like can i get can i get a quick game can i get something that i don't have to climb towers and i don't have to unlock the map and there's no progression tree like can i just play the game instead of having to check off all these boxes like look at all these boxes around here so here's the interesting thing i just got to chapter five in this game and i have like 25 percent of the trophies there's 15 chapters in total um and i've apparently got 25 percent of all the trophies i have done a ton of not necessarily level grinding but just side quests and i can see where that stuff would get tiring after a while so um, i'm trying to enjoy it as much as i can progress through some story go back to side quests and just kind of level up and you have this ascension grid that's kind of similar to sphere grid in final fantasy 10 um which allows you like level up your stats and abilities and teamwork stuff there's just a whole bunch of cool stuff it's it's a fun game i played through the first like probably five chapters twice and i went 
past that. I can't remember how far, maybe chapter eight or something. I don't know. I've, I've played quite a bit of it. I really liked it. I thought it was a great game. I had a great time playing it. But I just heard a really interesting uh, video today. They were talking on um, Madness on Normal Boots about Castlevania Symphony of the Night versus Crash 2 for best game of the loser's bracket for the best PS1 game. And it was a really interesting conversation they were having because they really framed the way games density versus games enjoyment and length and how all that kind of ties in together. Uh, specifically talking about how well Castlevania is densely packed, how well The Witcher 3 is densely packed, how those games are like, they earn their map. They're not just like in, uh, the example they used was Oblivion. Like they had a lot of assets and they would just reuse those assets and make different dungeons. It's like, how many caves in Skyrim do you have to go into before you realize it's the same cave? Well, uh, with this game so far, um, I have just kind of touched on the overall world of Final Fantasy. Oh, 15. it's super unique. I'm it's, not saying it's, it's anything huge. like that. Yeah. Now, it's there's so some, densely packed and there's, there's a lot some, of cool stuff to see. Well, there's some instances though. It's like, hey, I need you to get a like there's a photographer or he like owns his uh, his publishing company. He's like, I need you to snap a photo for me. So you're like, okay, cool. So you go ahead and snap a photo and you get back. He's like, you know, you do some great work. I want you to snap more photos. I'm like, okay. So now I'm on like the sixth side quest with him. Like this is getting kind of old. Um, there's this uh, lady that's a scientist, and she wants you to like collect frogs. I've collected yeah. frogs twice and killed frogs once. And yeah, killed some wyverns as well. And hers are at least a little different because you have like different creatures you're finding and killing and all this other stuff. Um, but what's interesting is some of the the side quests that have come through. I found the items that they're wanting, like while just screwing around in the game. So like I had killed a giant frog at some point early on. And she's like, I need you to find slime oil from a frog. I'm like, all right, screw it. Here you go. Here's slime oil. And she's like, oh, you're back already? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I kind of never left you. Like, I just handed you slime oil. So there's stuff like that that kind of can get repetitive, which is why I kind of progress into the main story. So overall, man, I'm enjoying it. The battle system is fun so far. Okay, was- that's another thing. We talked about this last night. I've never talked to anybody about this before, and I don't have a way to re- do it because i mean me like everybody else i bought final fantasy 15 demo and got final fantasy typo for you know for free with it so you know nobody really played that game very much but everybody played that demo that was super into it and i really prefer the battle system and weapon system that was in that version of the that build of the game i thought it was way more interesting it's been so long and the biggest problem was, I'm, I'm pretty sure I downloaded it on my roommate at the time's account, because I didn't even own a PS4. Like, I bought a PS4 game that I didn't want to play so that I could play the demo for the game. And I really thought it was better. I remember very vividly being disappointed with the way that they changed it for the actual release of the game. And I can't nail down the specifics now of why. But I would like to go back and see what it was before having played more of Final Fantasy XV and still not having had beaten it. Well, I'm pretty sure there's a YouTuber out there that probably uh, has it recorded at some point. We could probably take a look at that, at, you know, later on tonight, I guess. But uh, the battle system in general, man, I'm, I was a little hesitant at first. I mean, you get three weapon choices. What's really killing me, though, 
is the magic ability. It brings me back to Final Fantasy VIII and having to draw magic from different points, which was super odd when you played that game. And um, you didn't necessarily have to craft anything, but in Final Fantasy VIII, you had to take your magic and put it towards certain abilities on your overall character. And that helped you enhance like the HP or anything along those lines. So obviously Ultima, that spell in particular, if you drew Ultima and put it on like your weapon, your weapon was dealing like substantial amounts of damage throughout the game if you drew all the Ultima spells. And it was limited as well. So this is kind of giving me a flashback of Final Fantasy VIII and a difficulty on that because you got to craft spells. You can only find fire, lightning, and ice, and then you can like craft in potions, kind of like in Final Fantasy X, when you can craft in certain items and you know yeah. make some crazy things. But yeah, I love the the magic system in Final Fantasy fifteen a lot more. Like I thought it was gonna be real tedious, but then I got into it and I had a bunch of fun with it. I like it. I but... never played eight though, so I never got that reference until you said that. Yeah, no, eight you literally like drew magic. It was crazy. You'd find like you'd have these little like blue spheres that would kind of circle in an area and you'd walk and you're like what's this you'd press x and it was like oh you just got eight pieces of asuna or you got 10 pieces of ultima like that was kind of what you got overall and uh it was like that for every spell and so this is kind of giving me flashbacks of that in a sense um but this obviously you can craft magic and use items to craft more powerful spells so i just did like a level 99 magic spell for 150 potency earlier and it was like phenomenal it just like a bunch of imperial soldiers came down and just blasting them with lightning and fire and ice all at once and it was like all right we finished a battle so that's i'm i do love how right fast now. you can get through fights in that game like you can just grind through fights like if you're willing to blow your magic and just rush it you could end it oh yeah i know i was using my warp um ability and just like warp striking i don't know like 10 guards because i got enough mp at this point and it you know goes up so quickly um I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, like, once your character hits zero, you got to throw an elixir on them, and they gain all their health back, and then if they hit all the way to zero, like, on this special bar, then you got to use a phoenix down, like, that's kind of weird. Um, I'm still kind of getting used to that, and the overall mechanics of the fights, the one thing I'm not liking right now is you could be in, like, a line of trees, and when you just turn your character right, your character's lost, like, you cannot see what you're doing, or attacks coming through, so... That's kind of bad, and then you get ganged up by creatures. Like, there was a battle I did earlier, which I should have had like a hundred percent. They were ten levels lower to me, and they just gang rushed my one guy, Noctis, and just the main character, and just killed him like instantly. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, these are all level twenties, and I'm level thirty-two, and you just all ganged up at once and killed my character. So there's some little things like that. I'm sure I'll get used to it as it goes along, but I'm loving the warp strikes. I'm loving the overall combat. It's definitely a fun game so far. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say it's lived up to the hype of 10 years and waiting for me, I guess technically 12, uh, but it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, you know, the thing is like, I never finish it. I'm a serial not finisher of games. This podcast is really helping me kind of overcome that a lot. But one of the things that this makes me feel is regret, deep regret that I have never beaten Final Fantasy fifteen. As much as I look forward to it, I can't believe that I never actually put forth that full effort to actually get through it. And I tried twice. And it really makes me think, John, it really makes me think that we need to, to dig deep for the people. And what we need to do is we need to challenge everyone out there and each other to setting 
and pulling through with the new games resolution. That's right, folks. New segment, new games resolution. Every year, we're going to pick a game that we, you know, find that game on your shelf, that one that you've always wanted to beat, that one that, you know, you got, and then you played for a little while, and then something else really dope came out, and then you played that instead, and you never got back to it. Or that one game that you picked up in a in a big bundle at a garage sale, and you're like, oh, man, this is supposed to be really good. But, you know, Mario Kart 8 just came out, or whatever. Whatever that game is that you really want to play, this year, pick it up. Play it. Dude, it kind of sounds like my life in a nutshell. Yeah, overall, that's about how everything pans out for me, man. Well, uh, seeing as I got to set a new game, new games resolutions that we're doing? New games resolution. All right, so new games resolutions. So uh, I am going to say I'm going to play Sukuden 2 this year. It's a good game. So Never beat it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, I, I will hopefully beat it, just like Final Fantasy 15, another thing you just kind of let sit. Yeah, another one. Maybe so, next year, Final Fantasy fifteen. Or it could be this year. It could be. So, um, Sukuden two. A little background on that. I've always wanted that game. It was uh, one of the very few PS one games that I needed to uh, complete my RPG collection on PS one, which I still have not finished, but I will. Um, that's another game resolution. So, I picked up a copy when I was in college for like seventy bucks, just a manual and just the game itself. And I went ahead and had it professionally printed, the back of it. And so if you pick up my copy off the shelf, it's down. And then to your right, you'll see Sukuden 2 in just a moment. It's by Sim... It should be near SimCity. Keep going, Ryan. There you go. So look at the back on that artwork. It's obviously been printed, but it's not terrible. That's actually pretty high-quality print. So I got the back printed because I really wanted a complete in-box copy, so it's technically you got an asterisk next to it for completing box but it's one of the higher price games on the ps1 i think it is the highest price game if i'm correct and i boot i beat sukuden one last year so this will be a nice game to uh to follow up and play i love sukuden one and i've been told sukuden two is much better i heard that your saves transfer through really that's what i heard okay. i don't know if it's one to two or two to three well as soon as the wife finishes beating final fantasy 4 and i finish beating final fantasy 15 Sukaden 2 should be next. Although I really want to play God of War still, dude. It's really good. Another game I haven't finished. Yeah, that and I want to play Folklore still. I got to beat that. There's so many games oh, in the Oh, Folklore back, is, dude. is interesting. It's actually not what I thought you were about to say. I got real excited for a second, but... There's a lot of games that you get really excited about, but yeah. So I guess the good thing about a new game's resolution is, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't have to beat it right away. I just have to beat it before... Before the end of the year. All right. So, and I can't get started until January 1st, which I will be deep involved in Final Fantasy 15. Hopefully not. All right. What are you playing? All right. So, I talked about this, I think, a couple podcasts ago. Uh, Zone of the Enders, the second runner. Uh, I've always wanted to play that game. I got it in a bundle when I got my PS4. I got a killer deal on it. Never played it. Went back and played a little bit of ZOE 1, uh, Zone of the Enders Fist of Mars for GBA is like one of my favorite games of all time. It is definitely in my top 10. I love that game. So uh, we talked about it a little bit. Zone of the Enders, Second Runner, not a long game. So I kind of want to 
just do the whole trilogy. I've never beaten Zone of the Enders, and I love the second game, Fist of Mars for GBA, so I'll definitely play that again for sure. It's been a long time, so I'd like to go back. And it also makes it so that uh, I can go out and buy a Game Boy Micro again because I still have my GBA copy. And then I can tap from that over into Zone of the Enders Second Runner and have it all done by Christmas. So what Ryan means to say is he hopes to have it done by Christmas. So remember, you have to beat it. I will. I mean, each, each of these games not being long helps a lot. And the portability of having it on the Game Boy Micro and just nice and pocketable makes it easy too. Sounds good. Well, uh, James, our uh, other game deflator, he has informed us that he's going to play To the Moon on PC. I have no idea what that game is. I've never heard about it. He said it's super short, so he will most likely have another title as well tapped in for 2019. I guess we'll find out. Uh, whenever he joins us on the podcast next time. Harass him on Facebook. He's on the Facebook. Harass him. Yeah, and uh, if you're voting on our uh, poll right now for um, the next crappy game that Ryan and I have to play, courtesy of James, do not vote for the Super Nintendo game. It's reverse psychology, Ryan. So, yeah, don't vote for the I, Super Nintendo I thought Nintendo I already game. heard that it was uh, Ghostbusters 2. He says it's Ghostbusters 2 because it's leading right now, but everybody has a chance to vote for the Super Nintendo game as a game that we should play. I don't even remember what the hell it was. Yeah, Regardless, they're both going to be garbage. It doesn't matter. Like, he tried to get me to play, uh, what is it, Balls 3D, I think. Oh, not Balls 3D. Yeah, well, that was the last crappy game challenge I was supposed to do, but since he dropped out of doing a podcast with us at that point... I was like, well, now I don't have to play it. I'm off the hook because you didn't play yours. I would almost actually play Balls 3D because I've seen other people play Balls 3D and I want to see what the balls are all about. Yeah, you sound like a balls guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, sounds like we got our new game's resolution down. The next thing, and this is what everybody's doing. Now, game of the year. Everybody's obviously done it. I'm going to just quickly go through, I think it's Screen Rant. Uh, they posted up their 30 best, or not 30 best, they posted their 20 best and 10 worst games of 2018. We're not going to go through the full list. We'll link it in the podcast description so you can check it out. Also, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, little button to the bottom right corner of our screen says subscribe. Please subscribe. So, they had Red Dead Redemption 2, of course, as their game of the year. Um... Just a quick snippet. It says, this year's highest rated game comes from the developer many knows Rockstar Games. Uh, latest achievement serves as the best cowboy simulator, among many other things. We obviously know this. Cowboys Grand Theft Auto. Their worst game, coincidentally, was Wild West Online, which I've never heard of this game. Me either. It's on the PC. Um, it pretty much looks like, let's see, it says Wild West Online is an unquestionably shallow, boring, and microtransaction filled nothing of a game where you rudimentary, uh, rudimentary, you do rudimentary tasks of nothing, and the player progression is weak, lacks meaningful rewards, no story, blah, 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 blah. User Metacritic scores average out to just 0.1. There's a worse game than Fallout 76, which also is on this list. And uh, it says, just play Red Dead 2. That's literally how it ends their little segment. Uh, and for those that are curious, Ryan, can you guess what the uh, second 
best game according to Screen Rant is on their list? Smash Bros. No. What? No. Um. Not Smash Bros. Boy, I'll give you a hint. Oh, God of War. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So God of War is on their list. That uh, officially, I'm sure if Red Dead didn't come out in 2018, God of War would have been their game of the year. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said before, a game I haven't beat, but God of War that. That might be my favorite game of all time, and I can't say that definitively because I haven't beaten it. I mean, God of War is my favorite series. I had such a good time playing that game, and, you know, sometimes life happens, and you stop playing games for a little bit, and then you get some new game to get you back into games, and you never go back, and it's just like, that's what game resolutions are for, man. Well, uh, I'll have you know that my copy of God of War is still... In the shrink wrap. New mint condition God of War. It's got to be valued at what? $15? About about 15 bucks. Invest now, folks. Invest now. It's cheap. You can get your complete in box. Get in on the ground floor. Yes. According to all of the old retro games, you got to buy them complete and new in box for them to be worth something. So don't open your copy of God of War. Just let it sit for 10 years and it might be worth a dollar more or less. So, obviously, we saw Screen Rant's Game of the Year. Uh, what was your Game of the Year? We talked about this a bit, and uh, I, despite everything I just said about God of War, I think I got to give it up to Red Dead. I think that Red Dead is such an evolution of Rockstar going in the right direction, whereas I see games like... Assassin's Creed Odyssey really going in the wrong direction. I see games like um, Fallout 76 going in the wrong direction. I think that the, the way the AAA industry is going and the way the games as service are going and the way that they're trying to meld all this stuff into something new and something different, it's admirable. Innovation is not a bad thing, but I think that Rockstar knocked it out of the park because they gave you such an immense, immersive story with such well-realized characters in such a fascinating game that has all those elements, but done in a way where it's not gamified in a way that makes you feel like you're still back playing. Like It really is that next step, and I would like to see what like a Red Dead VR would be like. I can't imagine anything more interesting than that as a possible future to go towards rather than a VR Fallout 76 or a VR uh, Far Cry 5. So uh, definitely a good case for Game of the Year for you. Uh, One thing we didn't mention is our Game of the Years are based on games that Ryan and I have actually played this year. Not necessarily beat, because uh, obviously I haven't beat Red Dead yet. Um, surprisingly, I'm actually kind of shocked you haven't. I know. It's just been, you know, the holidays, man. Yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah, it's based on anything that we beat this year. My game of the year, I was very conflicted because I just played a fantastic game. So, I just beat Senua's Sacrifice. I talked about it last week. It was a fantastic cinematic experience. Smooth combat. Great gameplay. Great story. I enjoyed every single moment of it. We got gameplay videos on our YouTube, so if you want to check out the final cut scene or anything like that, you're more than welcome to. But my game of the year has to go to Horizon Zero Dawn. 
So uh, that game was, I think it was Guerrilla Studios, the guys that make Killzone, those games in particular. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, 31st century, play as Aloy, you're pretty much hunting machines and you're in this post-apocalyptic environment. If you want to hear more about it, check out one of our more, re- uh, not recent, later episodes, I think like episode two or three. Uh, we talked about some Horizon Zero Dawns, that's about when I was playing it. Um, but yeah, basically that game, open world, stealth type missions were involved. You had corrupted machines that you were going through, tons of side quests. It's great action RPG. Um, perfect storyline, in my opinion. Lots of plot twists and such at the end. I enjoyed it. And graphically, I think it's one of the only PS4 games. Well, not only, but it's one of the best PS4 games in terms of 4K quality utilizing the PS4 Pro and a 4K TV and HDR. So I haven't played a game yet on the console that matches up to the graphics of that title. And, uh, you know, it for all it is, Horizon Zero Dawn right now is my game of the year. Unless something magical happens with Final Fantasy 15, that's where I'm sticking to. I mean, you still got a few days left. It depends on how late you want to stay up. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Well, uh, obviously, those are the better games we played. Um, let's kind of, for our segment this week, we didn't play a game for inflation deflation. We wanted to really kind of hone in on the games that we've already played. And, uh, right now, Ryan, we played a lot of games as far as anything ranging from, uh, rival schools all the way up into, uh, monster my pocket. What did you find to be probably the probably the better game out of everything that we played what would be your inflation i guess technically no not inflation deflation of the year so the better game that we've played the more bang for your buck okay so for for this year i mean this was my first time doing this you know we haven't been going for too long so it's been it's been an interesting road to get here to episode 16 technically 11 together yeah but we had some episodes before well you know hey it's a group effort so the uh the journey here has been long has been hard it has been wrought with miss spiders and other terrible things but something that i kind of was real surprised about was vampire night man i mean we didn't even have gun cons and I still had a pretty decent time. It was just that perfect level of cheesy action and like decent weirdness. It had such memories of playing House of the Dead. Like I really liked this. These are the kinds of games I gravitate to in arcades and I didn't feel like I was missing out a whole lot by not having the gun con. And for 15 bucks complete, it's just it's a steal. Like, even if you throw in the price of two gun cons, I would pay 50 bucks for two gun cons in this game to have a good time because it's definitely something I could be like, hey, man, why don't you come over? We'll have some drinks. We'll play some of this, save the game, and next time you come over, we could do it too. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just good fun. Well, and the cool thing is, is if you purchase those gun cons, and anybody that does actually purchase gun cons realize that the PS2 version of those, you do have to have one of the uh, rounded TVs. You can't do a flat screen. just doesn't work with those. Um, I think they later released like the GunCon 3, I believe, on PS3. I want to say did work with flat screen. But um, yeah, if you buy the GunCon 2, I mean, you're looking at, I think, Time Crisis 2 
and Time Crisis 3 as games that you can play. And you might actually even be able to play Time Crisis 1 on PS1 using the GunCon 2. Um, don't quote me on that, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's other GunCon games that are out there that you can play. So if you make it the opens the door for the investment. Yeah. So if you if you pay to 40 bucks to get a couple gun cons, maybe even less, actually, if you can get a, a nice deal um, on some bids on like eBay. I mean, you really do open yourself up to other low end games and you don't have to buy a complete. You can buy, I think Vampire Knights, what, like six bucks loose. Uh, loose price. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't have to look it up, man. But it is. Oh, whoa. Ten sixty. Oh, so it's gone up a little bit. Maybe that's because of us. Who knows? Um, Are you listening out there? Yeah, j- drive it down lower. We don't want it to go up. We're trying to deflate. No, so, it actually, it went down. Oh, okay, sweet. It's a, it's in a downward. It's a down spot. Invest now. Invest now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just let some people get it. Not everybody. Um, but yeah. So overall, man, I would agree with you. I had a ton of fun playing um, Vampire Night. Out of all the games we played, I would say the only other one that would have been like a runner-up for me would have been Wampum on the NES. But not everybody could kind of come through and say that was their favorite. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Vampire Night as well on this dude. For the price point, the amount of fun we had, the doors that it opens with the gun cons, I think you're you're right on the mark with that one. Now, of course, with, uh, you know, game of the year for our inflation deflation, we also have the dumpster fire of the year for video games. And... I think you and I can probably agree on this. It's going to be Mrs. Spider on the PS1, courtesy of our friend James. And, uh, you know, it's an edutainment game. We chatted about it last week. So check out last week's podcast episode where we um, horrifically had to play that game and then record moments after. Uh, That game, from an edutainment standpoint, I would normally say, you know what, man? It's an edutainment game. It's supposed to be for kids. It's not supposed to be as crazy a game. But even, like, as a former teacher, playing that game, that was absolutely horrible, dude. Like, there was no edutainment in that whatsoever, outside of, like, maybe a setting where you had to, like, match some colors and you had to match some numbers. But the rest of it was, like, you're going down a hill with a caterpillar, and then you're also crashing down a hill as a dragonfly, which a dragonfly is flying, so why is he crashing down? And then... Kids are going to be super confused when they see Miss Spider inviting people to their tea party and handing them tea. I just, I don't get it. See, the the thing that we really need to think about here is that it's the inflated game of the year, and it only costs three twenty five loose and three ninety nine complete. I mean, the box that it comes in and the paper inside the box are not even worth a dollar, and you're probably better off having everything but the game because you will find more usefulness by putting another game inside of that or throwing it in the air and shooting it. And then if you're green about it, you can pick up all the plastic and paper and have that self-confidence and really good feeling about yourself that you recycled. That That's probably about where I would put that game as well. Um, in today's day and age, when there are f- literally free games, there are millions of free games. Play play uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. That's a great free game. I put like probably 30, 40 hours into Fire Emblem Heroes. It is fantastic. But the, the fact that 
you would actually have to pay for this, get it mailed to you unless you were lucky enough to go in someplace and find it physically, get it mailed to you, pay for the shipping, open the box and put it in the PlayStation. The amount of time that it takes for that whole process to go down is many, many times more than the any amount of enjoyment or actual physical time that you would spend with this. You could literally do everything with this game in about 20 minutes on the hardest mode while messing around and not even really paying attention. Like the sheer content of what's available here was never worth whatever it was sold for originally and it still isn't worth what it's being sold for today. Now, I can tell you though, based on my years working in a game shop uh, many years ago, there are a lot of edutainment games out there that were strictly based on, not strictly based on, you can still technically get them on the secondhand market, but they were edutainment games that were meant to be in the classroom. And I'm wondering if this is one of those situations where it could have just been a center for some of the kids and they just had Mrs. Spider's Tea Party to play on a PS1. I can tell you in elementary school, I didn't have video games that I was playing that were edutainment. You didn't see me playing Color of a Dinosaur on NES. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a garbage game. I would have to agree. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that kind of covers us, man. We're going to have our um, our next game that we got to play for Inflation Deflation. Haven't honestly even thought about it. I don't know if we're going to open up that crappy game challenge or just find something random on the shelf and see if it's worth it. We'll see what the new year holds for us, John, and we'll let everybody else know on social media, look us up on Facebook.com slash The Game Deflators. We have The Game Deflators on Twitter, The Game Deflators on Instagram. We're The Game Deflators everywhere, baby. Just Google The Game Deflators and see what pops up. It's probably us. Also, we are going to be, hopefully, this becomes a little viral. We'll see. Uh, new Games Resolution. Hashtag it. If you pick a game, hashtag it. Hashtag us as well so we can see it. And uh, we definitely want to know what you're playing or what your goal is to play next year. What what game have you been ignoring for so long and why? Why are you ignoring it? Get in there and play that game. Yeah, like Red Dead and Final Fantasy XV and other games that Ryan hasn't beat. Uh, God of War, Suikoden 2, Zone of the... I'm pretty sure I haven't beaten any game we've talked about today. I've never even played Sinsuna. Yeah, your, uh, your backlog's probably not as bad as that wall behind you right there. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say, man? Uh, oh, we could potentially, we'll discuss it. We'll bring it up next time, or we'll just discuss it off, off the wire here. Uh, I'm thinking Africa on PS3 might be an interesting game for us to play. It's like a $60 game right now. Let's check it out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do that, man. It's, um, you pretty much go around Africa and you photograph animals. Uh, yeah. 5309 complete 32, uh, 33 loops. Yeah, so, yeah. it It's actually gone up in value since it came out new. New is sixty four fifty four. Yeah, might as well, man. All Let's right. check it out. That sounds good. All right, cool. And that'll be our first uh, PS3 game that we've done an inflation deflation on. And our first game of 2019. Yep. And then, of course, we might have to put in that crappy game challenge in there. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. We'll let us know on Facebook. Let James know on Facebook. Let let the whole world know on all social media platforms that the game deflators are coming for you in 2019, folks. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. All right. Well, uh, this is John. 
and Ryan, and we are the Game Deflators. Ah, oh, damn it, Ryan. We we you gotta get this down, dude. All right, I know. Okay, new hey, 2019. We'll have it down. 2019. Hopefully, next year we'll have it down. All right. See, See you, you later, folks.